Has there ever been a time when you've looked back at your life and you've realized that there was something back in the past, maybe even before you knew God, but you realize that God was with you and directing things, preparing for the future? If you've never done that, you really should because it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing to see. Hearing Alan's or Jr. at Man Camp uh, a couple of weeks ago was so cool because he spoke of a couple of things, incidences in his life before he was a follower of Jesus that God directed very clearly that eventually brought him to faith. And it's just cool to hear those stories. I know that they're that way in my own life. Well, let's, uh, we'll see how this plays out in this chapter. It's a great chapter. So uh, you're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. And you want to get started um, in verse 1 then, Junior? That's right. Exodus chapter 2 now, just as a kind of catch everybody up to speed. Remember yesterday we, we were reading in Exodus 1 about the killing, the slaughtering of all the Hebrew boys in in Egypt, and now this is where the story picks up in verse 1 of chapter 2. It says, About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special boy and kept him hidden for three months. Imagine that. Yeah. It's hard to keep a baby oh, hidden. Man. Anytime the baby cries, yeah, you, yep. you're hiding. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the banks of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. Now, this is no coincidence here. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to go get it for her. I've had people, and I don't, I, I don't know what you think of this, Dad. But I've had people kind of relate this to symbolizing a little bit of the ark. Mm, you yeah. know, of you have humanity and an ark in, in the water, and now you have Moses who will lead God's people. Yeah, um, and so many other boys that weren't protected, but yeah. he he was being protected. Yeah. And they were doing their best to keep the boy babies alive, but uh, man, oh man, it was. Uh, well, you have you'd have soldiers marching through your right. neighborhood, and that's when you're like, "Don't cry, don't cry, don't." And cry. I'm sure almost all of the mothers were trying to protect their sons, right? But this was one where Moses lived through it yep. because of that protection. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying. She felt sorry for him. This must be the one. This must be one of the Hebrew children. She said. When the baby's sister approached the princess. Said, should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? She asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. What do you think about that? Hmm. So it, it must have been so emotional to send your baby into the Nile oh River. My. Yeah. And then and then God orchestrates it so that the most powerful woman in the country, really, the, the princess, or I guess the queen would it be, but the princess takes the baby, and now I get to spend time with the baby by yeah. being that baby's nurse. And I've had people say, well, this doesn't seem to make sense because why, you know, if you're putting a baby out in a basket in a river, it's eventually just going to die. And why, why would she do that? Well, I think it is because of the soldiers marching through town and the crying that you can't suppress. Whereas if she put it out among the reeds in the river, that there is sound absorption and there's other sounds of the river that it would have been, and probably not the presence of the soldiers because they had no reason to be there, that it would not have been noticeable. Sure. I don't know that the that the intent was to keep Moses out there day and night. I, I don't think they had a plan. Oh, interesting. And it could have been that they would have brought him back in in the evening, but it just so happened that God used this to find protection for and even uh, training for you know, yeah. in the courts of Egypt. Right, because he will be trained in leadership, yes. which will lead the whole country. 
So princess said, take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. So not only <laughs> do I get to watch my child, yeah. I'm going to get paid to. Yeah. I never got that. And, and you talk about the faith that is involved here because now she's nursing her own baby to be, become the child of the Egyptian princess and all the fear associated with that. Yeah. And yet God is working through all this. Right. So I get paid to watch my own kid and they get a free education. That's a great deal. <laughs> yeah. So the woman, I don't even get paid to watch my own grandkids. So, right. you know, <laughs> oh, I get paid. I get paid in benefits well beyond money. There you go. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she ex- explained, I lifted him out of the water. Hmm. You want to take it to verse 11? Sure. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. So he obviously knew that he was a Hebrew. It may have been very early memories, or it could have been that Moses's you know, stepmom uh, grandpa, the Pharaoh or whatever, continually reminded him, hey, you're a Hebrew and we did this for you. I, we're not sure, but he identified with them. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day, and, and I, you know, that, I mean, that seems a little shocking because I don't know that I'm capable of killing somebody else, but I guess it's another thing when you're seeing uh, an oppressor mercilessly beating a near beating to death, which sometimes would take place Yeah, near beating to death, an innocent person. I think that there is something that takes place. Plus he also knew that if he simply defended the Hebrew and did so with physical abuse against the slave owner or the soldier that this, he was trying to cover up what he was doing. Yeah, well, I get it. Cause I, it's crazy today how many like kids when they see a fight in school they don't break it up they pull out their phones oh, and then they post it right and sometimes I'll be scrolling and I'll see this like poor kids just getting like pummeled and something rises up in me where I, like I get visibly angry sitting on my couch and I'll think like if I were there I might need bail money this is like yeah. off something just rises up in you so I kind of get what rose up in Moses yeah yep. All right, so the next day when Moses uh, came, went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend, Moses said to the one who had started the fight. And the man replied, who appointed you to be a prince or judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Which to me is, you know, it's so strange. What, why Here this guy was defending them, and why would they turn on him? I, I, I think, again, it's, it's just the curse of anger and the heat of anger and the, the clouded judgment of people. He should have viewed Moses as his friend, not his enemy. But well, And it's a little bit foretelling too, because how many times do his own people turn on him when, well, when Moses leads him out into the wilderness? That's exactly right. Which too also shows the greatness of Moses's leadership because he continued to love and lead despite the fact skin. that they turned again. Yeah, he had thick skin is exactly right. So anyway, uh, then Moses was afraid, thinking everyone knows what I did, which is is true. If these guys knew what I did, then it's going to get out. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. It's like, okay, now what do I do? And he'd been trained in leadership to be an Egyptian prince, but he had no clue how to make a living. And... Uh, I think of it, some of these elites in, in big urban areas and I uh, compare them to the farmers in Kansas and Nebraska and 
you know, I, I, I don't think people should really be qualified or viewed as qualified to live until they know how to make a good, honest, hardworking living. Uh, and Moses is going about to learn both. I think this is what's going to add to his leadership is he not only was trained in the courts of Pharaoh, where I don't think the elites that simply go to expensive universities that never learn to work with their hands or do an honest day's work, and then they they become the lead politicians and running oh, companies. Yeah. And, and I think they really lack because they don't understand Well, not to get too political, people. but part of, I believe, what's wrong with our country, and I, I'm saying this bipartisan, is mm-hmm. career politicians yeah. who never actually worked as a, as a taxed man yeah. and then get in and, and they're running the, the country when they've never actually contributed to the economy of that country. I, exactly. And, and so here you have here you have God taking Moses, like you said, and he's just like, I'm going to make you... I'm going to make you work with yeah. your hands. God's now. saying, I, I want you to be able to lead well and yeah. in doing so identify with people. So I'm going to get you out of Egypt, get you out of those courts and get you down and dirty where you're a shepherd and having to work hard for your food. All right. So it continues. Now the, the priests of Midian, so he sat there beside a wall. Now what am I doing? You know, now the priests of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flock flocks. But some of the shepherds came and chased them away. So Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. He obviously had a high justice, sense of justice. Then he drew water for their flocks. When the girls returned to rule, their father, he asked, why are you back so soon today? And an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered. And then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. Then where is he? Their father asked. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. Moses accepted the invitation and he settled there with them. In time, Rule gave Moses his daughter Zipporah to be his wife. I'm real sorry. I just want to stop here because this is kind of cool because the dad is super excited. And this is why he's like, where is he? Because he's thinking this guy who didn't need to just might possibly have saved my daughter's lives. Yeah. And it it could have been that they were about to to battle for these girls. It could have been that they were about to be abused or raped. Mm -hmm. Who knows what would have happened? So he's thinking this guy who has nothing to do, like nothing to gain, just jumped in. And and I do I I do think that that is a major quality of somebody that God uses. And we're going to see that with Moses. Well, And the other part of it is is that rule. He's saying, I want this man to marry one of my one of my daughters. That's the kind of that's the kind of man I want for my daughters. So just to kind of pause here, yeah. and let me ask you, as you head into your day today, do you fight for what's right or do mm. you fight for what's on your agenda and what benefits you the most? Yeah, that's good. God uses people who fight for what's right. Yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, Rule gave uh, Moses' daughter Zipporah in verse 21 uh, to be his wife, verse 22. Later, she gave birth to a son and Moses named him Gershom, for he explained, I have a, been a foreigner in a foreign land. Years passed, and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under their burden to slavery. They cried for help, and their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. And so you knew. You know something's coming. Again, next chapter is going to be great tomorrow. Let's get over to Proverbs. Yep, Proverbs chapter 11 is the proverb for today. And then I believe that you picked out a verse. Yeah, we got verse six. I love the godliness of good people rescues them. The ambition of treacherous people traps them. And so treacherous people, meaning people that are trying to scheme and figure out their own way, they're willing to compromise what's right and what's good in order to get the things that they want and what they're going to go after, what their ambitions are chasing after. 
And he is saying that it may look good for them in the short term, but in the end, that's what's going to take them down. But it's the godliness, the people that are absolutely committed to doing what God wants, no matter what, even if it brings some short-term pain, that this is what is in the end that's going to rescue them, that's going to do them good. Yeah. Yeah, good. All right, so think of that today, that you are focused on honoring God, representing him in your workday, in your interaction with friends at school, and all the things that you are doing. You be godly, because that's what's going to, in the end, serve you well. Fight for what's right. All right. Well, it's October 11th, which is National Pet Obesity Day, apparently. Oh, man. I have no idea. So National Fat that. Kitty Day. Yep. <laughs> it's also, this, I like this, International Girls Day. Ah. So I got I got daughters. I'll have to do something yeah, fun today with them awesome or something. daughters. And I got an awesome daughter and awesome granddaughters. Yep. So enjoy the day on October 11th, and we look forward to hanging with you tomorrow. All right. God bless. Bye.